Welcome to episode four of the Must Make Podcast. Hi, Jack here. I hope you're enjoying your lockdown. Hope you're all safe and sound and not going out of your mind. I've been keeping myself busy by just learning After Effects. It's been quite fun because I can't use the studio at home. Thanks to all of you who've messaged and fed back regarding the episode with DRS. I thought that was a really good one. I really enjoyed talking to Dell. Um, obviously, you can listen back if you're just joining us. Um, the episodes with DeBridge, LSB and DRS are up on whatever platform you're using. I've also just added to YouTube as well. So if you guys are YouTube users, you can get on there. Uh, a reminder as well that the Facebook group is becoming quite a nice little hub of people to, the, to discuss um, the topic of creative process and you know feeding back on some of the conversations i've been having um so you can go join that it's called the must make podcast it's a private group on facebook but i'll I'll add you once you've uh, requested to join so yeah that's all the housekeeping so for episode four i've got my old friend alex perez um he's actually stuck in portland but we managed to get on the phone um and talk he's been stuck there as he was supposed to be on tour but um obviously everything's been cancelled um, I've known Alex for a long time, since like 2005. We were pretty much coming through um, in like the drum and bass world when we were about 20-ish, roughly the same age, met roughly the, in about 2005. Um, and we, you know, we've pretty much known each other ever since. We were both signed to the same label for years. We talk all the time. We've collaborated a lot. Um, and yeah, it was really good to catch up with him really he's, he's definitely one of the most talented people I know he just sort of streams ideas and you know writes really quickly and never seems to be inhibited but we had a really long and deep discussion about his process and I tried to dig down a little bit into um, the things he struggles with and, and you know rules he lives his life by and stuff like that um, and I don't know whether he's done a conversation like that before but um, it felt quite personal and like honest and it was yeah, it was really nice to catch up with him in that way. So hopefully some of you can draw some things from it and you enjoy it. So uh, let's get into it. Yo, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, good. I'm good. Um, I'm in Portland at the moment. So um, yeah, I'm kind of confined over here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which is it's fine actually um i was supposed to be here anyway because um i was i had this like big u.s tour uh locked in and then um by the time i landed in the states basically everything got cancelled fuck so um um yeah but you know uh the plan originally in between all the shows which is, was to be in portland with eprom and finish um our second album which we're working on at the moment so at least we can get you know part of my mission being here is being fulfilled if you see what i mean yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah. yeah cool well that must be like a weird thing to adapt to <laughs> um it's weird enough over here to be honest being at home um yeah I, although i feel like because i'm in portland and we're in quite a rural you know sort of area of portland it's really nice and green i can mm. go for a walk every day i don't really see anyone i can go for a run um as opposed to you know my small flat in london i feel like i've got a bit more freedom actually being here yeah um so it's not so bad yeah. how does that feel like differently creatively for you being there to being in london does it feel different um 
I don't think so. Uh, there's definitely a different mindset. Like there's something about, for example, London gives me a sort sort of energy. And like when I think about music and I think about London, I think about a type of I don't know a certain type of feeling. If you see what I mean, I kind of associate it with that. Um, and Portland has its own thing. Um, but I've, I feel relaxed here, which is good, you know, to be creative. If you feel relaxed and kind of rested, mm. then you automatically, you know, feel, you know, kind of creative, I guess. Um, but yeah. Do you have, do you have like a different, do you feel like a different headspace there where it's like you're more shades oriented in America and more Alex Perez oriented in the UK? Yeah. Um, I would say, like, you know, uh, touring the States primarily has been Shades. Um, or I mean, I've been coming here as Alex Perez for a long time, actually. I think I played for the Nocturnal guys who, um, you know, they're EDC, you know, the, the biggest, basically, festival out there now. Um, I've been going there since 2007, I think. Mm. So I've been here, like, in and out. But um, I've kind of been building the the Alex thing out here as well. But there is definitely, like if I'm here in Portland, I feel like I'm here to kind of primarily to work on on that kind of sound, you know? Yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. There's a little differentiation of space. Um, So I don't know, like, the first couple of these that I've done, I don't know, like, how much people who I've asked to talk to have understood or know, like, what I've done before or, or what, what I've talked about before. So I'm kind of just wading mm-hmm. in and just sort of asking questions. So like one yeah. of the things, one of the main things I've, I've started off asking people who've been on so far is like to really force home the idea that I don't want these conversations to be like about um, like the tools that everyone uses to make music mm-hmm. or to, to make their art or whatever, but to be about the process and to, to try and exemplify that. I'm, I'm kind of asking, I asked Luke and Darren and Dale, like <clears throat> if they had like, not many of us probably still have big questions that we don't know the answers to creatively anymore. But if there was like some mystic person out there who does something creatively or does something that you admire, and you you'd want to ask them like a question about what their process is, like mm. who would it be, and what would you maybe think about asking them? Um, like some so, like so, so like a musical figure. That no, I it could really be it up. could be it could be any person. It's like if there's some sort of like thing about like because I, I always think if you were going to ask someone a question, it wouldn't be like what EQ do you use. It would be like so. Do you know what I mean? Like if you were asking your musical idol or some creative idol out there a question, you wouldn't go up to them and go, so what compressor did you use to make that sound? You'd be like, I'd be trying to get into the, what the process was and the, the approach to getting the result that they got that you're, that you admire. Do you know what I mean? So I like, I kind of wonder what, what it is about other people's process that you would be inquisitive about. Um, if you got the chance to ask them about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, um i i guess like musically there's quite a lot of people i look up to um straight off the bat i don't know why i'm thinking this person but since you asked me and i'm just gonna go with the first person that popped into my mind okay. but like someone like flying lotus for example which i really i really you know i i've i love him as an artist because from his first album 1983 it was more like straight boom bap mm. with like you know a mix of um electronic 
so you know like synthesizers with with kind of straight organic you know boom bap beats which I, I, that's what called my here at first because i was just like okay this is an interesting mix of things you know where every, before like a lot of the sort of instrumental hip-hop was very sample based um although some of his stuff his as well but i felt like he had a you know he, he connected the dots kind of thing mm. and then now you know it's almost if you listen to his newer stuff it's it's got a lot of live instrumentation um and a lot of musical you know like pure organic musical factors in it um but i just like to get more into his mind of you know um what what made him decide that you know at that point it was okay to have uh, loose elements in in kind of you know uh sequence electronic music you you see what i mean because mm. his stuff is very loose and that's what kind of stood apart at first so it'd be more like kind of getting into people's minds and mm. you know i would ask him um where that comes from like is it from his jazz uh background you know he's got family background mm. in jazz um just just things like that more like you know the, the, the actual like musical approach yeah. um and how that could you know, benefit me because I feel like with drum and bass, let's be honest, it's very gridded. Like mm. most of the time, yeah. you know, it feels like we're, we're kind of, even it just, just from the writing perspective of things, I feel like although I know I can be as creative or I could be as weird as I can, I have to be conventional in some way. And I accept that and that's okay. I don't have to be. But there are various reasons why I might do that, you know. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm already sidetracking here, but I'm just going to no, let my mind... No, uh, that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just like, um, I, you know, I, I'd be interested to know what it's like to... Because I feel like Flying Lotus now doesn't care and just does mm. what he wants, you know, and it's probably as creatively free as can be. Mm. So it'd be interested to tap into someone's mind that, you know what I mean that that doesn't have any sort of restrictions yeah so I I I would say the same about someone like him it's it's almost like not an envy but it's like fuck how have you managed to free yourself of all other restraints I think it's probably primarily the world that we come from in terms of it things have to be sort of fitting a certain structure just because it's a DJ world and they need to fit that way don't Mm. they but I think it's kind of interesting actually that you even say that because I'm sure like if people like Perez fans were looking at you, they'd be asking the same thing about, um, you know, how you've managed to right. write loads of different types of music, you know, you know, like your Shades thing and the Alex thing and the 140 stuff. And even like on your albums, you did loads of non-drum and bass stuff. I'd say you're you're probably like one of the most diverse producers from the same world that I'm in. I just think it's I think it's yeah. like it's a, personally I think it's a more interesting conversation to sort of dig into like process mm. and feel and also like to 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 go back to the flying lotus point it's like how yeah. did he manage to get himself into that headspace where he doesn't give a fuck and he's got that freedom and that that's that's an mm. interesting thing from a creative standpoint is like um a, like freeing yourself of all the baggage that comes with it and that like yeah. what's so fun what's been the maddest thing about doing these podcasts is i've had like countless messages from people being like oh my god i didn't realize that everyone has the same problems i have like all these people mm-hmm. that are trying to write music and they're just like fuck i didn't realize that everyone had the same issue but they're all you know they're all tinkering away thinking shit this is really difficult and and i think people will realize 
that actually everyone finds it very difficult at times and it's always a struggle. Um, but actually that was something I just went, literally went for a walk. I went to walk the dog quickly and wrote some shit down. And <clears throat> I tried yeah. to write down like the main things that I could think of about you. Um, mm -hmm. that I, <laughs> Cause it's quite difficult actually to talk to you about this. Cause I think like we, I've known you for so long that, yeah. It's almost like I know the answers to a lot of the questions I would like that people might know the answers to. So it's difficult for me to work out whether to, how to ask them. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But one see. of the things I wrote down was that um, I think most people would agree, and you'd probably agree, that you're pretty prolific in the way that you work. And I know that you work super quick and write lots and lots and lots of music. Um, mm. So... Like, I wonder what it looks like when, or if, if it ever looks like difficult for you to write music and what that looks like and how you get out of it. And also, I guess on the positive as well, like how you get into a good mindset for, for, for writing when you know you're in a good mm -hmm. state to be writing and being, uh, prolific. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, like everyone else, I, I struggle, you know, there's no, there's no denying that, um, ups and downs you know highs and lows it's uh the the usual agenda like you know for producer writer whatever you want to you know uh call yourself um but i found like more recently in the last three or four years i've been touring a lot but touring in chunks and so i would do like you know two or three months away from home touring solidly where on tour, I don't really get to make much music. I don't really feel like making much music because it's so, uh, you know, taxing the whole touring thing. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of exhausting and demands a lot of energy, you know, on stage every night and, and whatnot. Um, but I found that that then gave back quite a lot of hunger, you know, when I would get home and I finally get back to the studio. So like recently that's been helping a lot and mm. I feel like, um, even before that, in general, there there is a pattern where, um, you know, I would have a block and struggle and I still struggle now to a day, I, uh, you know, to this day. Um, I can tell you I don't have a an answer for, you know, getting over a creative block. Um, I, I have certain things, you know, like not pushing through or trying not to become frustrated as much as I have done in the past. Uh, but in general now I would just, you know, let it happen. Um, and then eventually something comes back, something clicks and that's mm. the start of a creative, um, you know, pattern. And I will maximize on that and try as much, uh, write as much music as I can. Um, but you know, it, it changes from time to time. It's, there is a pattern, but it, like I said, you know, it's, it's very difficult. I feel like there's no answer The things that can, you know, ameliorate your situation or your way of writing or your way of facing a creative block. Um, but it's something that everyone deals with. Um, fortunately, like you said, I have quite a lot of creative, um, uh, time. Um, and, and yeah, so I will really try and make as many ideas or as many vibes as I can, uh, while it's there mm. that I can then, you know, bank on and, and, and work on maybe when I'm not feeling so creative. So it's, it's about maximizing that creative time, really. That's, that's what I try and do. Mm. Um, so I yeah. guess there's, there's two sort of sides that, or two aspects of it that I think like, I, I think I'm 
like know some of the answers to because I think we work fairly similarly in some ways. But also, I guess it would be no, yeah. nice, cool to know the answers. Is like, um, first of all, would be is is there any like because obviously you said on a on a sort of broad basis that it's touring and then working in the studio, but like on a daily mm. or sort of routine basis, do you do you need do you have a routine? when you know you're going to be working creatively or do you sort of keep it loose or do you need a, a creative routine or is it just sort of like, you know, when you feel mm. it, you go when you fancy it and things just happen. Yeah. I mean, if I'm in London, um, at home and I'm not touring, I'll try and have like, um, I like to have an, a, a bit of a structure to my day. I like getting up early, working out. I feel like working out before going to studio does a lot for me. Um, mm. I just like, you know, to, exercise like cardio it clears my head um and it feel, it gives me you know uh, natural endorphins and you know uh it's just it, it's it's essential for me now to exercise and i feel like yeah it really clears my head in, in the morning and by the time i'm walking to the studio you know I'm, i feel kind of focused already um and 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 i found that the older i've got the the less focus i have like or i tire a lot quicker than before i don't know if you have the same thing but like i would say from midday or like from 11 to 5 6 p.m is kind of when i can uh apply myself the most yeah. in the studio yeah um if i and then after that i really um, i don't know if it's an age thing it probably is um um but yeah so I, you know i'll i'll I, I'm trying to have some kind of structure and, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm in London and I'm not touring in the States or, you know, abroad on a big tour, I usually have maybe a show Friday, Saturday. So I'll, I'll try and go in like Mondays. I take off most of the time to concentrate on some like boring admin stuff and, you know, label stuff or maybe design. And then Tuesday to Thursday, I try and like kind of uh, make that, you know, my studio time. Um, even I find I find even having that shorter space of time sometimes difficult. I sometimes need like a clear two week run where I can really where mm -hmm. it's like nothing in my diary and it's like I just got a, like I, I sometimes if I go in on a Monday and I know I've got a gig Friday and I've got something maybe on a Tuesday Wednesday that's gonna block my week out that sometimes gets in the way of the whole thing. So I'm like you are going on Monday. Go oh, what's the point? I'm not gonna get anything done this week because of this. But then yeah, it, I was gonna say um. With regard to the knowing your working hours, it could just be that you mm. like. I, I feel like probably the experience factor means that you just know not to push if something's not happening, or at a certain point, nothing good's going to happen after that time. Like it's like that old saying, like when you go to a party, that nothing good ever happens after like four a.m. or something <laughs> like that. Um, that <laughs> so it's a similar sort of thing, but. But then also, like some, I've some, I've sometimes had days where nothing's happened, and then suddenly at five to six, just before I'm about to leave, I'll find a sample, and then or something will happen, and then it's like shit, and then suddenly you're there till ten p.m. or something. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you could you could spend a whole day, you know, feeling super low, um, and then like you know, yeah, you you change something or change a sample, or something really simple, and it just like flips the whole idea. And then suddenly, you know, you're going home happy. Or you could be thinking, you know, starting the day feeling super content. And then by the end of the day, you've completely ruined the tune or the idea that you had. And then you go home, like, feeling really sorry for yourself. <laughs> um, which is, a, it's, it's, it's a quite, you know, occurs quite a lot. Yeah. Um, 
it's really tough on the mind and you know on yourself um i, I really struggle and I, I i seem like i put myself down even more if i you know quote unquote fail a studio day or whatnot mm. you know what does like, a failed studio day look like just like not realizing a good idea so like for me it would be like you know just creatively failing i guess um I, failing sounds very like corporate and academic i guess it's a bit mm. weird to but you know um yeah just not realizing a good idea a good musical idea because mm. for me it's like the mix sound you know the, the mixing and all that stuff is that's uh, secondary really um i'm all about the music and the vibe first and foremost you know like mm -hmm. i will never push through with something unless i know um i get a vibe from it and mm -hmm. and I, I vibe could i don't i don't i couldn't always explain it you know it could be a sample it could be an idea that's you know quite odd or something you know that that, that i haven't done before you know something exciting mm -hmm. um but that's that's the hardest part, I think, and that that's what writing music is, isn't it? It's you know uh, laying the foundation and the the kind of basis of a of a groove or like a um, an idea, you know. Um, and it's not as easy. Uh, sometimes it comes together um, naturally, you know. It's it yeah yeah yeah. I find that to be the most difficult thing, but also it's like a really valuable attribute to have. I think like I've reckoned with that a lot recently where I would get myself really, really beat myself up about not having an idea for the day or like having something solid for the day. But then actually when you think about it, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't go back the next day and try really hard again. You might be like defeated or otherwise just like, yeah. you know, be like, well, well, I can't do it anymore. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like that attributes a gift and a curse in that sense where you just keep going back and you yeah. keep, keep going back to the grind sort of thing. Well, yeah, you need that dynamic and you, and you need to, you know, you can't always be up, you know, it's like, it's like everything in life, right? It's not, it's not always high. It's, it's like, you know, when you're younger and you party and you're on your high, you're going to have the low the next day. It's just, you know, it's just life. That's just how it, it works, you know? And like you said, for me, those days, they can be really tough and like, they, like I, I will like go as far as questioning, you know, my ability as a producer altogether, and yeah. and really like, you know, it can get quite deep sometimes. But yeah. um, but then you have the uh, extreme, you know, the the opposite, and that feeling is insanely good, mm. you know, like the feeling of nailing a vibe or nailing a tune, like um, it's worth the low as much as you know the how good the feel, the high mm. feels, you know. Um, and 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 I, f I think that's that's part of being an artist. Yeah. And I think if you speak to anyone, you know, um, any I, I don't think anyone's always on the high. So mm. um, I, I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Um, it, and it's you know, it, for me, it's like I like to think I progress in terms of how I uh, accept that, and and I am getting better. You do, you learn, you know, you learn certain things that may like aid you in in sort of accepting uh you know a shit day in the studio um and and going home and and you know it tomorrow's another day and mm. like it might be completely different and you might write your best tune the next day you don't yeah. know yeah you just got to keep doing the work it's one of those old classic sayings isn't it it's like you just got to put yourself mm. in a position to do it and then 
if you if you don't go and try, you definitely won't. But if you if you if you do, you might have a shit day. But that's the gamble. It's one of those. But I, I was going to ask you actually, like for me, um, one of the biggest things about I've been again. This is another thing that I've been thinking about personally. But it's like one of the biggest things that keeps me going is that feeling of like euphoria when you nail an idea or you're in that feeling of like mm-hmm. flow. So. I think, like, I can't speak for you, but I feel like that's, like, your vibe as well. Similarly, is that you're always on the hunt for that sort of flow state vibe. But I wondered if there's, like, other stuff that compels you. Is it, like, is it like an addictive thing to go to the studio? Or, do, like, do you have to go? Like, what do you feel like when you don't? And, you know, how, like, how, how, what's your relationship with that kind of aspect of it? There's different factors. I mean, I'm sometimes nervous, you know, because I'm nervous of, you know, what's going to happen in the studio. And like, um, you know, mentally, uh, it depends what mental state I'm in. Like, you know, if I'm feeling a little fragile, a little tired or something, um, I could be like a little, not scared, but a bit like, you know, um, feel some kind of way. And sometimes I don't want to go to the studio because I'm like, what if this aggravates the way I'm feeling, you Mm. know? Um, which is, I don't know, that sounds like a negative thing. No, it doesn't. I, 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 str- I struggle with that as well because if I, but then sometimes I force myself to go because I feel like if I don't, then I've failed, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like to be, yeah. to have that feeling dictate um, my ability to go and do what I see as, sometimes see as my job and sometimes see as like, I have to go and put myself in the, in the spot because... It's the same thing as well. Like some days I go like similarly to you where you're like, you turn up and you're nervous or before you're just like, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this. And if I, and sometimes I force myself to go and I've had a shit day and sometimes mm-hmm. I force myself to go and it actually alleviates all of those symptoms in, in itself. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like the giver of shit vibes and the <laughs> giver of good vibes. Like it can turn your whole day around like one shit studio day can make five more shit ones, but one good one can turn, you know, everything around. It's kind of one of those funny ones. So yeah, yeah. the way a way I'd, the way I'd phrase that as a question to you, I guess would be like, is your mood determined by studio or like, what's your relationship between like the creative struggle and your general sort of like, I don't know, demeanor mood. Does it have much power over that sort of, um, feeling um well i guess i guess that's that's one thing that i've been sort of learning to deal with and you know um if i do have a bad day in the studio um i try and leave that at the studio you know okay um and i can't i can't i don't have a switch it doesn't work like that but i feel i guess i feel like i can come away and leave that feeling of failure behind better than i have in the past or you know like kind of it's really like telling your, you know, in your head being like, you know, this is music and I kind of leave it attached to the studio. If you see what oh, I'm saying. Sure. And then, you know, if, if I'm going to see, you know, if after the studio, I'm going to go home and cook dinner with my girl or, um, I try and, you know, I don't want the, the mood, this mood to affect, you know, my life outside of it as well. You has know? it, so, has it though before? Like I find I come home sometimes and I can just, I have a real difficulty switching that, mood yeah of course and and then you know you feel you feel silly because you know it's affecting everything and you know you have to kind of try and limit or like have some kind of separation because 
we're already so in you know so involved with like our careers like being an artist you know it it eats up so much of your life and mm. a lot of things revolve around your career mm. and you know there's a point where you have to separate that a little bit and I've been trying you know to become better at that and and leaving you know things like like that those kinds of feelings behind Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, pick, pick up the next day. And then usually by the time you go to the studio the next day, you are you've forgotten about it or you, yeah. know, you, you, it's like a reset, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, it's hard. It's, it's a daily challenge. Um, and, and it's that unexpected, you know, it's like walking in blindfolded, you know, mm-hmm. like every time. Um, um, but like, again, you know, when you have those real highs, they're like, hard it's hard to explain the feeling like it's so like i don't know liberating almost Mm. and uplifting um so yeah it's worth the rest you know all all the stress and um doubt self-doubt and Mm. you know critique and everything it just comes with it Mm. um but I, i feel i feel like being a perfectionist, I, I feel like I definitely am, and you know it has its up, you know, ups and you know pros and cons, let's say. Um, but striving to be better is what makes you, you know, I, I think you know pushes you as an artist. You know, if you become complacent and you know content with everything, I feel like you kind of lose the drive a little bit, maybe. And, yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, like really like quite a bit of a perfectionist and workaholic yeah if i'm honest don't take don't take this don't take this the wrong way but i wouldn't say Mm. i don't mean this in a bad way at all but i wouldn't say that you are a perfectionist Mm. because i think that you don't struggle to let go of ideas tell me if i'm wrong but i feel like you Mm. make a lot of music and you you often go from finished to mastering to release quite quickly i think maybe i'm wrong but that's like my perception no no you're right so you must have yeah so you must have like a relationship with imperfection in a way or like you you get to a point where you're happy with something and then it's gone you know or moves on i think i would say it's more like the imperfections would be more like you know the sort of mixed down aspect of things where like it's more like i'm happy to let go with some of that um, yeah. I don't think I'm like the best like technical producer out there. Um, I mean, I, I think my mix sounds are okay. Um, a lot of people ask me and seem, I don't know, like, I, you know, a lot of questions raised with, you know, whenever I do Q and A's about my production and my mix downs and stuff. I've, I, I think for me, it's more, I'm a perfectionist in terms of the vibe, you know, like yeah. if it's not right, then I won't let go or I won't proceed to finish a track. So, it's more about, you know, um, not perfect. Vibes never perfect, but, you know, feeling content enough to move forward and like finalize a tune. Um, but I am also, I have learned to let go because, you know, there's only so much you can do. And and, and I, I know you're like, you're definitely a perfectionist, especially in the mix, you know, with mix downs and stuff where I would, potentially let go before you mm. do you know i think it's a, it's for me it's like um i go around the block tweaking stuff because 
um, to almost to get in my own way of just finishing the tune and just being as confident enough to say, and actually that's done. It's literally almost yeah. serves a function of, oh, well, actually, no, I can't let go of this one yet because I need to just tweak that bit of the mix. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it is literally just sometimes you finish a tune. I sometimes finish a tune and then sit back and admire the work and then pick at it and pick at it and pick at it rather than just being like, mm-hmm. that'll do and put it out. It's not like I haven't done that before. I have, I have had ones where I'm like, the the demo is the tune that goes out it's the version that goes out into the world is like the first demo but it's not that often and it's usually with the tunes that i'm not quite happy with vibe wise it's funny how you you let Mm -hmm. other stuff get in the way of finishing a tune Um, and it usually does come down to vibe because you can sometimes put one sound in change nothing mix wise and it's just done um I was going to say like a good example would be like Forsaken that was written in like two hours, you know, yeah. like where, and that we, it was, it didn't need anything else. Um, no. But I guess it's hard to measure because everyone has a different, uh, you know, reference point as to what is finished or what isn't because some people are like overly perfectionist and will never let go. Mm. You know, I think some artists will agree that a tune is never finished. Even if it's been released and put out, they'll be like, well, that this could have been done and whereas I'm like once it's out it's it's out there and if I let it go out there I should have been happy at a point of at that point, you know? Mm. Um so it's more that it's more about the actual vibe of the tune. The 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 content of the music is what's really important and what I'm putting out there, you know, like how I'm projecting myself as an artist. Mm. You know, like it's not I don't care if someone thinks my kick is like flappy on this tune. Like, <laughs> I honestly couldn't care. Yeah. Uh, sometimes <laughs> but, but I feel like, like you, I feel like sometimes like not to get too technical, but sometimes those things mm. give the tr- give tracks character anyway like not being perfect the imperfections are the are the things that i always look Definitely. back on tunes you know like well um i was gonna say well yeah i mean like uh, like you said imperfections you know they they give character and i think that's cool and it's you know and and don't it, it's you know uh some some of the the things i do like technically some people be like you know other people go like what like you, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't this that's not how it works it's like well i don't you know, I don't really care. Like, if it sounds good to me, um, and if it adds something, you know, some, sometimes I do something weird, and I don't know if it's really doing anything, or like, you know, it's, it might be a slight thing, and it might actually be an imperfection, but without it in the, you know, without that process in the track, it doesn't sound the same to me, you know? Mm. It's like, but it could be a personal thing as well. Mm. Um, so it's hard to explain, really. It's, it's, do you feel like I, feel, I think um, a similarity that I found working with you, and again, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, is it's like, mm-hmm. and I've, I find this with all, the, all music that I work on, but I, I noticed it in sessions with people and, and in sessions with you, is like it's a battle between you, your relationship, it's like the relationship between you and what you're working on. And if you feel positive about it, then everything's fine and all the mixed decisions don't matter and all the all decisions are kind of working. But if you don't feel positive about it, they don't. Um, a good example would be when we did that EP, the Spectrosome Perez EP that we did a couple of years ago, where we wrote pretty much all those mm-hmm. tunes over one weekend. And I remember on the first day thinking like, all of these are shit, I don't like them. And it was my mindset. I know it was my mindset because we went back the next day and we were like, fuck, these are great. Um, yeah. And it's just funny how your mindset and your relationship to what you're working on is just, it's just really 
super important. It's not like objectively a good tune until you think it is, even if you're working on something great, until you're in the right headspace to almost like appreciate it. That's right. Doesn't really has to there has to be a, a relationship. And so I guess actually that would be a good question. Is is there any music out there that's like not the obvious ones of yours that everyone loves that you've got like a more um more of an affinity with because you've got some interesting relationship with it? I mean I think for me it's always the tracks that aren't as popular that you know have a more kind of uh personal value uh like you know like kind of emotional value that maybe I feel from the track but other people don't perceive it in the same way you yeah. know like I don't know I feel like maybe a track in my head gives me like a I don't know some kind of nostalgia or it projects like uh, like a memory or it triggers something you know where like and I can't sometimes you can't explain it um, and then some people might not get that feeling at all um, um, and I think it's more the obvious tracks like you know the catchy the kind of like emotional catchy hooks that you know people will latch onto you know they're kind of more obvious things but then there are like subtle things in in certain tracks that I hold on to you know they're like I don't know they have a special feeling or something and and I don't know why um mm. I I get this thing with 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 tracks um with popular tracks that you almost naturally turn away from them a little bit because they're popular and that's weird because you're almost like mm. subverting your own percept- your own work. You know, you're almost going, "Oh, that's that's like people like that one, so I'm less into it." Do you know what I mean? Because you naturally, because I think naturally being like in a alternative underground type of music, you naturally go away from stuff that most people like. Um, that's a weird one. Oh, but, you know, but it, you mean that? Like, oh, people like this one, so it's not that cool. You know, like, maybe, uh, but it's just them. like a, it's like a natural. Let's keep it like for me. It's just like let's keep it moving. Let's just move on to the next thing. I'll never sort sort of sit around and mm-hmm. and like really either either like lap up all the good that's coming off something and be like, yeah, let's really sort of like. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's more like I won't try and replicate or really take more applaudits or or like enjoy the praise for good good things you've done it's more like i just want to keep it moving and like almost go back to the other ones and try and show them a bit of affection like there's tunes of mine that no one like they've had like the least plays on and the least buys and stuff on spotify and whatever and i'm just like they're my favorite ones because you caught something with it you know um well it's funny because there's a bit of a correlation there i think with me where it's like all the music or the music that I like the most of mine is probably the music that I never play out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's, I don't know. I guess like, for example, like my next record is very musical and, and, uh, it's all musical kind of, and, uh, yeah, it's all pretty much like sort of soulful, uh, record, like an extended record, but, it's like, I don't know, I probably won't play half of it. Um, some of them, yes, because they're a little bit more conventional on it, those kind of soulful tracks. But I'm totally cool with that. And I've been wanting to do a record like that for a while, where it's just listening music. And, you know, especially in this time right now, uh, the focus on making something club oriented has been taken away a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, I still enjoy it. Like, regardless, I, you know, if we were not to play out again, I would still make club music because 
it gives me that excitement um, in the studio. But I think it's it, it's mad how it's changing everything a little bit, you know, mm. the outlook on things. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. You've probably timed that pretty well to put out like a musical record um, right at the time yeah. where like people are going to be streaming records big time and not being able to go and dance mm. them in clubs. I've had lots of conversations about release schedules and... Um, not not about my own stuff, but well, partly, but my, like with other people about like how they're adapting and like, you know, there's lots of people making big decisions about club records and whether they're going to put them out now or not or wait, you know, and it's, it's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works for that. I think um, like a lot of people would be uh, worried about releasing, you know, a popular record. Like they would, you know, be played out in the clubs a lot when they can't play a show. Mm. Almost like, oh, well, it's, mm. point, it's pointless. You know, like, or like, if it's music released to basically get shows, because um, a lot of, you know, a lot of the time, um, you know, we, uh, most of us make our money from playing out and um, in some way make records that will get us shows, you know, like, mm. or there's some kind of, um, you know, idea behind it. Mm. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, with, with me regarding the label, we're not really going to, change anything we're just gonna carry on as we were um but um it's yeah it's interesting yeah things are changing a little bit i like that it's sort of and the way i would characterize what we're talking about is it's allowing people to be a bit more self-indulgent with the music they make rather than Mm -hmm. thinking about purely about the function and i think that also speaks to what we were saying about our favorite tracks like the the ones that I think of my, of mine and the Spectral Records that I think of that are my favourites are the ones where we were being super self indulgent or like really, but they still came out to a good result that I was happy with. Not ones where you're writing almost with a function in in mind, where it's like I've written this and it's created a, re- a vibe I really like and it wasn't written for any purpose, but it still ended up as it is and therefore like I have a really positive relationship with those. So it's going to create this situation is going to create a lot more of that. Um, mm-hmm. as a as a byproduct as well because people are sitting around at home not thinking about clubs um, you know just writing weird music yeah I mean I was craving to do something like that for a long time actually like I think the last time where I really did that was actually my I don't know my maybe my first album second one as well but um, where I'm actually you know sometimes if I'm writing a roller it's like oh yeah okay this is done and then you just kind of roll out the outro and then that's it you know where mm. i want to with these tracks it's like i want to sustain the feeling all the way through and there's going to be different sort of you know there's going to be like a lot of dynamics in the in the emotion you know like it's up and down and you've got an intro you've got an outro and every every track kind of you know blends into the next one Mm. and i haven't done that i haven't worked on a project like that for a while and i realized that i missed it you know um more like a body of work rather than individual tracks together that's right that's right and and not caring you know not really caring about the impact it would have in a club or Mm. But that's but again that's like a that's a really like privileged position to be in like because and obviously you you've got there because because of like the position you've worked to to be in a position mm. where you can take a backward step and then you know write some indulgent yeah. music and and put focus on that again um I think it's like 
it's it's a weird one. You can do it at the beginning of your career when you're just starting out and there's no consequence, and and then you can do it once you've reached a level that you can sustain yourself and be able to you know do these things without much risk of it really affecting like your your livelihood, I guess. And that's mm-hmm. that's the struggle, really, isn't it? It's like uh, as a artist, if I could, I would. If I could live from um, you know being totally free and writing the the weirdest music to or whatever i mean i have complete freedom um is is ideal but it's not always like that you know no. as you know um there's there's you know you have to make amends and you know you have to, it's, it's 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 just how it is you know like it's like you can't have it all you can't have i, I mean i guess you could but like i've I don't think I'd be paying rent, you know, if I was completely indulgent and completely wanted to be free as an artist, um, mm. which is sad in a way, I guess, you know, but it's kind of how the model has been built, uh, you know, a, a little bit like mm. with dance music and, and, and having to tour to make money, which is unfortunate. And honestly, I would be happy to sit in a studio um, most of the time, but I also love playing out. You know, mm. and and the weirdest thing for me right now, I think the thing I'm I'm finding the hardest to process is not moving around. Like oh, I yeah. I love to, I love touring. You know, a lot of my friends are like, like I put a tour poster and then I mate like you're fucking mad. Like <laughs> how are you doing all these shows? Like yeah. they're like some of my mates are like that's like my worst nightmare. And I'm like I love flying around. I love traveling. I love you know. It's not always. Sometimes it's in and out, yeah, of course, you know, and it's tiring, but I, it's an excitement for me. I, mm. I like um, going to places, meeting new people, playing new shows. Like, you know, obviously there is a routine and you do some of the same shows, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I, for me, it's, it's part of the excitement and, and I love touring. So at the moment, I'm finding it really weird to be confined in one place. I haven't left like the square. I've I've barely left, I've left been out the house like once a day, but I haven't been like any more than about a kilometer from the house, just in a walk, going for a walk, you know, for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I'm in quite a like small flat, um, and I'm finding I was finding it very difficult the prospect of not being able to write music because I get super moody and super um, sort of morose if I yeah. don't if I can't and you know. A few weeks ago, I just, I was, before they even announced the lockdown, I was like, look, I'm just going to get my shit out of the studio. I've literally just moved in. But I was, because my studio is 10 mm-hmm. miles away from where I live, I was like, right, I'm just going to get my expensive gear out of there just in case this all goes south. And now I've literally got yeah. Mac, sound card, and screen all set up on the coffee table in the front room. Um, but I've actually, <laughs> like, I tried to work on some music and it was really difficult, but I've managed to keep myself occupied and scratched that creative itch by learning something new and I've basically just dived in and just taught myself after effects in the last two or three weeks yeah. and that is actually it's it's proved something to me weirdly that it isn't just about music it's so cuz I used to it scratch that itch just by going in and writing music but now I'm managing to scratch that itch by creating stuff here so it's like well what is it actually mm-hmm. that I'm trying to do and what is it actually that's fulfilling me here that that you know is filling a void that has gone because of well you're just getting um it's like getting the same result isn't it like mm. it's like for me it's like you know with designing a sleeve a record sleeve or 
like I don't know some some clothing for the label. Like I get the exact same high if you know I design a T-shirt or like I don't know we work on something else and you see it in person. It's like seeing a record and it turned out exactly how you wanted mm. it to be. You know, uh, it I get the same sort of high from that. You know, do you feel like do you feel like that was required because? Um, you still had, even though you still wrote a lot of music and worked in the studio a lot, you still had more creative energy to get rid of, or did you do it because you just wanted to keep? Th- like, what was what was the motivation behind that? I know, like when you started the label, that you said mm. that you wanted to be in control of a lot of the creative aspects of it. I couldn't imagine you handing it over to someone else. To be totally honest with you, um, but how how has that has has having that extra creative work helped or hindered? Um, everything else like how has it folded into your general studio and music stru- uh, creative structure I think it's just it's fed my kind of workaholic side of things you know mm. like it's given me more work to to digest and but I'm I love it you know like it's it's basically like kind of expanding I guess my vision like not just musically but you know like the entire thing the, uh, the yeah. label is not just music it's just design as well yeah. um and 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 uh, yeah i guess it's, it's scratching the itch like you say um but it's a slightly different one you know yeah. um i guess and anything creative is 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 within the same same realm but um i feel like it's slightly different but for me the main thing is like you know um when i first you know when i started the label i was like well if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna have to learn again and that was the that's the fun part learning and achieving things you know like i don't know like i i need that like Mm -hmm. you know picking something else and at first you know you struggle and same thing same as the music you hit a wall you struggle and then you break through and that feeling is amazing and and i crave that i think uh, and and having the label and having you know taking care of like the entirety of it. Obviously, you know I have management and they're amazing and and because as you know, there's a lot more behind the label. It's not just design and music. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's like you know what like th- th- that's what the the you know the, the that's the soul of the label. Let's say and then obviously you have all the you know, more boring admin things, but they're just equally as important. Yeah. You know, there's just so many aspects to it. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, and, and, you know, having the choice and having, you know, having that choice where I can be like, well, you know what? Music's not working out right now. So fuck it. I'm just going to like, you know, do something else. Like, mm. and, and like you, you know, I'm starting to, I installed Cinema 4D and I'm going to like, Basically, that's opening another can of worms, but like it's there's just so many things to you know uh, that easily you know you can easily reach and and you know add to your kind of creative. Mm. And they feed each other. That's the thing. They they totally feed each other. Like working if you have a good day working on some and you you design a sleeve that you think shit yeah that's that looks wicked. It goes back and helps mm. you feel more positive about the other creative stuff. Um, I, I reckon I can see actually with the stuff that you design that you approach it in a similar, your process is well similar to the way that you approach your music. And I think maybe we should talk a little bit about what the music process looks like for you, because again, like you, you write a really diverse, um, 
range of mm-hmm. music, like loads of different styles and tempos and what have you. So I would guess, like, if there's, I wanted what the day would look like on a normal positive day, where you or not or just a normal day, I guess, when you've gone to the studio and sat down. Um, mm. Do they do those days start in the same way? Do they do they have different like things that happen throughout the process and technicals aside like what does that maybe look like um i think it differs and there's no again there's no answer to a perfect day or you know Mm. like oh if i approach this if they say oh if i'm gonna start with drums today it's gonna go well or if i'm just you know recording weird shit on the synth and it, is that going to go better or like, you know, how, how is, how, how do I approach it? Like, you know, like you're asking me and it's like, there's no real answer. Mm. Um, well, obje- objectively, objectively for me, like the, the tune, mm. like I've, I think there's a couple of ways that I think that you, that I can see that you work like one with the mm. sample, like you're a bit of a whiz with yeah. just literally the cutting tool and a sample and like the basic tools mm. within a, uh, a DAW you don't yeah. you, like I remember like I remember when we did that Forsaken tune and it was the piano's loop sounded so, totally different same pitch and everything but you just chopped it in a way and the same with like all mm-hmm. those other musical tunes that we did Spectrosol and um, Perez um, the way that yeah. you like the way that you work with the, with the sample is a certain way but then you also I've seen you work in another way with synths where you'll just hit record and then just record a load of shit and then hope that some yeah. magic happens i think i think that's like that that's the way i like to work too which is to just hope that something magic happens rather than going in with the intention mm-hmm. of making magic happen if that makes sense um or even knowing how to make good shit happen it's more just like you go in with a playfulness and hit record and hope some yeah. good shit happens um i think that the the the, the the yeah that way of working of just recording machines is fun um you know because you're just playing free you know that you're not working to a grid you're not working to metro uh, metro um, you, you know you just you're just jamming basically which is essentially you know how music starts right um so that's a that's a fun way of working and i do that a lot and and not only that because of recording you end up with hours of sounds and mm. and you know that's creating content easily you know that's that's creating something that you can have further down the line as opposed to a sample where it's like well you working within a constrained you know environment like you got to make something out of this particular sample and then maybe um, you know, blend different samples together, and that's like a whole other thing together. That's you know that you know how that is. That can mm-hmm. be like time consuming. Um, but I don't have a, a certain set way of, of doing it. Although I do find if I'm writing particularly kind of sample based, then I have more of a formula. If you see what I mean, like because yeah. I've done it so much over the years, I'm like, okay, I know how this works. You know, yeah. like, or I have a my my own approach, and um, you know, which is fine. And mm. like having some kind of formula is okay, as long as it's not exactly the same. You know, but like yeah. having a, a an approach of working and 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 you know, knowing that this trick or this way of of doing something is you know has that result. That's okay because you know you're facilitating you know time for for yourself and. You know, and I think that's important in the studio as well. Is to, 
you know, remember things and like, you know, um, what works for you and what doesn't. Um, they come to you at the weirdest times as well, don't they? The things that you remember to do. Like I remember writing a tune not very long ago at all and thinking I needed something and remembering um, that thing. I think it was on a bunch of tunes that we did like literally in like 2006 or seven or something that never came out mm-hmm. where you, you'd get like a little bit of piano tail or something so it's just a tone yeah. and like looping one bar of it really high pass with a big chorus on it. Do you remember that was that yeah. trick back in the day where it was like yeah. just so you'd have the either the root note or like the fifth or something um, just looping yeah. over the whole sample that could drop in and out with the chorus like really dialed in. And that came to me just in the middle of writing a tune. I hadn't done it for like 10 years and I was like, oh, that'll work. And it just did. It just fell straight in. But again, that's like that's literally just repeating the same process over and over again and years of experience and then allowing yourself the headspace to try shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's something like looking at old projects is good because there are so many tricks that I forget, you know, yeah. like you just, because you, 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 you kind of focus on what you've recently achieved or what you recently know is, you know, works, right? So going back and kind of like brushing up on like old tricks is good as well, you know? And like you said, like I've I've been doing that recently and like things that I've completely forgotten that maybe seem simple, but, you know, really add to your your artillery, Mm. let's say. Um, But, you know, I feel like I'm still learning constantly and and I still sometimes feel like I know fuck all, to be honest, you know? Well, that's, I think that's actually I really good, that's, do. that's like probably the best lesson that I don't I can't remember a specific person who's taught me it or told me it but it's like once you realize that you never stop learning um that's that's just like that then you realize you've kind of you've, you've if, as soon as you think oh I've cracked it and that's it I've you know I never need to learn anything again I think that's when you stop moving that's what becomes boring and you probably begin to sort of nosedive in terms of your output and how fulfilled you are. But it's the same with what you were just saying a minute ago in terms of learning new software, learning new techniques and revisiting old ones. As long as you keep learning and keep moving, that's like the best lesson or the best thing to keep doing, I think. Um, I've I've actually written something down, but I I didn't write this down for any Mm. of the others, but I think actually it's probably a decent question that I might just start incorporating into these is like, to ask whether you can think of or remember any other like major um, lessons or um, turning points, I guess, in in what you were doing, and whether you can remember them. I can probably I can probably think of two or three. They're not that important, and I won't reel them off because I'm not you know talking about me. But like evolutions in your thinking, or I don't know, like literal mm. lessons that you've learned. Um, it doesn't have to be about music even. It could be just like, it could be just like wisdom. Like that was what the thing was with Dell when I was talking to him was it just seems that he's, as he's got older, he's just got wiser and that's mm-hmm. made him, made it more easy for him to. Um, yeah. I listened to that episode. Yeah. It was really good. Like it was, it was more like, like you were saying, based on, you know, general life yeah. sort of, uh, um, focus. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to think right now because you put me on the spot. But it can be; it could literally be anything. I mean, it's like it's almost like something that you've something that you've adopted as like a like a mantra, or or you know, we've probably actually yeah. talked about some already. To be totally honest, yeah. I mean, I think 
I think honestly, like when I look back at everything that I've done, and the f- most important thing to me now, and um, it still is, is artist integrity and and you know like being honest mm. uh, in your music. Um, and you know, like if I look back at my career, I can see there are various points where I've been influenced by something, or may have been led astray a little bit. Not not too much, but you know where I'm like, okay, I can hear what happened here, or like, oh, I went this way because of this. Mm. And I think always, you know, in life, I think for me, it's always go with your gut feeling. If something isn't right, or if you're, you know, doing something uh, musically to to for any other gain than 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 what you feel right about, you know, like mm. then think about it twice, you mm. know, because. You will always look back and you will see those points and you'll be like, I shouldn't have done that or maybe I should have <laughs> stayed true to what I wanted to do. Yeah. And and I think like, you know, that's the hardest thing as well is that once you do that and, you know, you put your music out there, it's always going to be out there and you will, it, there will always be some kind of reminder that, oh, okay, maybe, you know, I, I should have maybe done this or I should have stayed true to to what I did. And, and, and I feel like as an artist, I have, you know, stayed true to what I do. I feel like the label is, um, a kind of like condensed uh, idea of what I think is good. Not mm. saying that it is good, but you know what in my head is an ideal of what I want to project. You know, is what uh, one on eight five is. Um, but really and truly, it's all about yes. Yeah, like I've, you know, there's not a record that we've put out that I've doubted, or you know, everything that that we've put out there is is what I believe in, mm. and. I've always wanted to do that from the start with the label. And that goes the same with honesty and treating, you know, people on the label correctly and paying people on time. And, you know, like not like basically not um, reciprocating, you know, things that have happened to me, like maybe that weren't good, you know, in the past, like everyone has their, you know, goes through certain things. And it's about like giving a good platform, um, essentially, you know, um, Iron out the, the the creases when I was coming through. I was like, oh well, this wasn't a good experience, or mm. maybe this could have been better. And then I can try and project that with the label and with the people I work with as much as I can. I think in our world, it's definitely it's injected a whole new load of energy into into things because it, we, well, our sort of group of people who all roughly did it within the same two or three year period are bringing a whole different um, experience to how, what a label should look like and what the future is going to be like um, mm-hmm. and breaking down the models of old, labels of old, not breaking them down so they're gone. You know, like, like, the good labels yeah. are still there, but it's it just has injected a new um, insight and a new energy into it. And you're right, I think like as an artist, you probably know the things that you enjoy about working with a label and the things that you didn't enjoy and you can perpetuate the good mm-hmm. and negate the bad. And it's, I think it's, it is important. And that's, that's, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I would say one of the things actually that um, is the biggest factor I'd say with what you're doing is that it seems like um, it's given you, I'd say it's the most confident I've seen you in terms of like, um, what you're doing and what you're putting out like you like and also I feel like when you started your label that was like you taking the reins off in terms of 
not having to deal with anyone else's timeline and also having a platform that can um, fulfill the the needs that you have in terms of releasing a lot of music. Um, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'd say the overarching thing about 1985 that I think is that there's a confidence about it and that's also bred a confidence in what you're working on and what you're doing. Um, well, I mean, it's nice to hear that, that you that you feel that. Um, I mean, I still doubt everything, obviously, as you know, you know. Um, but sometimes half the battle is just pretending that's like being like, like battling through the doubt and being like, actually, no, like this doubt isn't going to win. I know this is good. Mm-hmm. And you trust yourself a bit more with it. Um, I think maybe yeah, that no, comes partly sure. with age as well. Like we, you and I have been doing this roughly the same amount of time. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things really you just start to 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 bat away the doubts a bit more easily and feel a bit more confident i don't know whether yeah. that's universal i just feel that way about me no i feel that i feel that and i, I think you know like we're, we're at a point where like the label is almost gonna it, actually i was i couldn't believe it i was like it's gonna be four years old so it's yeah. flown already i mean four years is a long time mm. uh, but obviously the older you get you know time passes faster and faster mm. um but i think like the reception is what has given me a bit of confidence as well. Like, you know, Oh no, like it's, it's kind of achieving what I wanted it to do, uh, Mm -hmm. musically. Um, and you know, discovering artists and helping them like that, that was the main thing. Like, I don't want to just release my tunes. I want to try and help other people, you know, and like, that's most rewarding above anything else. You know, the label was never to make money. It was just to like have an outlet, where it can be in its purest form for me and my vision and the artists that I take on. And that's kind of what it's done. And I feel like that's, um, some kind of success. Mm. Um, and it's, that's the best feeling really. And yeah. that everyone's happy and that I don't have to contract people, you know, they're free to go if they want to, but mm. I feel like if I treat people well enough, then they won't leave, you know, yeah. um, simple as that really. Mm. Um, and, and if people do leave, then, you know, th- there's no animosity or, you know, it, it, times with, it's just, yeah, I just want to have a kind of positive outlet, you yeah. know, that's, that's my, that's the main thing. That's, a le- that's one of the lessons learned from experience, I guess. Um, with regard yeah. to, um, feedback and, um, mm-hmm. Sit, you know the positive positivity that comes from something i wonder like how susceptible you are to people's critique or positive well, i don't know positive and negative critique i guess is like how much attention you give it and how much that can dictate what you work on and what decisions you make moving forward off the back of something yeah um i think i'm better at taking critique i think it's hard for anyone um, you know, it's, I think, I think it's, if it's constructive, then I totally take it on. And you know what, actually critique is really good because it puts uh, things from a different perspective where I may not have seen it that way. You know, I'm like, Oh, I didn't think about that angle or, you know, um, I think, yeah, as long as it's constructive and it's not destructive, like for purely for the reason of, you know, some people just will just put things down for, I don't know why for their own, you know, reason. Um, so as long as it's, you know, this, it's like, um, it's critique that's going to like, you know, um, help me better the things that are being critiqued, then that's fine. Um, 
Um, but, you know, on the internet, you have to treat it with a pinch of salt, as you know. And, like, um, I don't really pay attention too much, to be honest with you. I don't go on forums. I don't, you know, I don't really read any of that shit. I just kind of do me, do what I believe is, is right and hope that people get it. Like, um, um, you know, um, so, yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I stand on that. Mm. Um do you think? Do you think ever anyone's ever really like got it? Do you know what I mean? And, and, and to caveat that, I should say like, if, do you have an idea of what you're trying to sort of not convey, but like a mood or a tone or something where you've read something and someone said something or someone said something, and they've clearly, un- <coughs> excuse me, understood what you were trying to do. Um. Not, like, from reading stuff online. I mean, like, uh, it's more like direct feedback, like, at events that we do or, you know, kind of seeing the support, like, you know, people coming out to shows and people buying vinyl, you know? Like, these days, like, a vinyl's a fucking pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you know, like, it's... um, It takes a lot of time and effort, but I still love it. And I, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like if you're doing vinyl, like... It, you know, you're really spending a lot of time on that and that's that kind of like, I don't know, sets the tone a little bit that you're a little bit sick. I'm not mm. saying that if you're a digital label, you're not serious, but I just feel like, you know, it's it's a little bit extra. Um, mm. But it's hard to quantify like success or like, you know, like, oh, the label is doing really well. Like, what do you base it on? Like, yeah. oh, you did for 500 units you know vinyl mm. is that success i i don't know i think it's more like for me success is uh again let's you know staying true to what i do in my vision and and it working i guess and in some way that's like yeah based on that i guess i, I, I don't know it's hard to like i said it's hard to to you know put it in like form like what what is success really you know um for me it's just like yeah it's it's actually quite hard if you know if you put it that way it's funny every time every time i've asked the question um i i've, I've been like closing the podcast by asking people what success looks like every time mm. you get an answer it's usually nothing to do with music it's it's usually like a realization yeah. i think i think it might differ if i was to speak to like a new young artist they might think mm-hmm. about things slightly differently but i think maybe where i've spoken to people who are in their mid 30s to mid 40s people have got you kind of get to a point don't you where you're like actually this stuff is really really important to me and i'll always think it's really important to be creatively fulfilled and you know make stuff <clears throat> but actually all the other stuff is just so so important as well like it's it's a balance between your your life and your what you want to get out of your life creatively and what you're going to leave in the world when you're gone and that's Mm. maybe that's why I'm picking to talk to people who are like either my contemporaries or like people who are just my peers or around the same age group because like honestly maybe I'm trying to unpick that as well where you're trying to work out what the next 10 years is going to look like and like (laughs) make sure that you have an understanding uh, or you're trying to develop that understanding of, of where you're going and what you want to do and why it's important and almost like justify it to mm-hmm. myself to, to a degree. Um, so it's like, I've been thinking about 
this after recording the podcast where I'm like, actually, this, this conversation is really interesting about process and creativity. But actually, mm-hmm. the more I talk about this stuff and think about it, it's actually about where creativity coexists with real life and growing up and what creativity is yeah. and how it serves a function in the world and how that function um, burdens people, burdens the people that are doing it and how they mitigate that. Because I'm probably looking for ways to mitigate it and navigate it a bit better than than I have in the past. Um, mm-hmm. It's just such a, I find it really difficult. And I think it's like the, the cliched thing of the creative struggle. Um, and if you're not struggling, you're not going to make proper art. Um, and even Dell said like that his missus told him that he's like constantly maintaining a state of like being in the blues, being, being blue because he has to maintain that to be able to write. And if he doesn't, you know, he's too happy. (laughs) Um, and even Darren said the same, like he can't, can't sing because he's too happy now. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same as like, honestly, like the most emotional music I've written is when I've gone through some dark shit. Yeah. Like every single time, no doubt about it. Like, yeah, breakups or um, losing people, you know, it it all, I don't know, it will push the, the most emotional emotional stuff out of me, you know, mm-hmm. like it will translate directly into my music or I'll reach for like some samples or find a vocal or find something that um, replicates my feeling, you know, like mm-hmm. in, in, in music. Um, is that what is that would you say would you say that's like the main thing that you're trying to do when you write it, it it's a really difficult question to answer and I don't know the answer for myself but it's like what mm-hmm. what is it you're trying to convey and is it from I think the best I can come up with is is it's like the sum for me anyways it's like the sum of my influences um my aspirations career wise and Mm-hmm. and also how fulfilled I want to be, but also like a tone and a mood. I just like th- there's tracks, for example, that I've got that I made ages ago that I think are cool, but there's something about them that I'm just like, I don't think I want to put that into the world because something's not quite right about it. And I can't put my finger mm-hmm. on what it is. Um, so I wonder if you yeah. had like a handle on what it is you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to like sound wise or mood wise or whatever. I feel like it's this applies more to the musical stuff, you know? Mm. Um, uh, but what I'm trying to achieve again is like, I think I, I, I mentioned this a li- earlier a little bit, but um, what, like the feeling I'm trying to convey, is the other person going to like, is it going to trigger the same feeling? Like, I, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like obviously certain notes, certain key, you know, certain like chords will like trigger, like, you know, can be like melancholic or whatnot, you know, like I like melancholic music, you know, happy, sad. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I try, cause essentially that's what life is to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I was saying, it's highs and lows. So it's like trying to strike a balance between, uh, the two, you know, where it's like, okay, this track is emotional, but it kind of strikes, you know, a, a happy chord but then there's also some sadness with it you know what i mean i think it's like hopeful i think hopeful is the word i would say because yeah. it's because it's like yeah it's basically jazz isn't it because jazz is quite sad but playful mm-hmm. but it also has like a hope or like a nice sort of optimism to yeah. it optimism is probably a nicer word than hope i'd say yeah um yeah it's, i guess it's like you know coming out the other side like mm-hmm. out of darkness into kind of a bit you know a bit of light um mm-hmm. 
but again like i don't i don't know if that's how people perceive my kind of musical stuff like I, i'm I, I don't know you know um it's hard to know you'll never know like how people perceive it <laughs> exactly yeah. i i feel like it's um part of it i'm realizing with a bit more age is that i'm not a great not great at communicating through the normal means of just like talking mm. and conveying my sentiments about stuff i find that quite difficult I, if i sit down and write a, like an essay or a letter or something i can do it better because i can think about it but i find that mm. my way of channeling that stuff is in music even though it's not or even just making stuff it's not even though it's not like f- literally representing words or ideas or anything it's just like you've somehow got an idea out of uh, something out of you into a form mm-hmm. and that in itself is like a form of communication or something. I don't know, but it's how I yeah. sort of like drain that tap a little bit, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it is difficult. It is difficult um, because I know, you know, some tracks, you know, I could be like, Oh, I love this tune. This gives me this feeling. And someone would be like, that's not the feeling I get at all from it, you know? <laughs> but that's what's interesting about art stuff is that it's whatever the person who's observing it brings to it that gives it meaning, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, yeah. You can only put in what you put in and then they can take out what they take out sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to inter- you know, the interpretation is going to be different mm. from person to person. But I think you can strike a general feeling for sure. Um and and that's kind of you know I guess that's like you uh, um, somewhat a signature you know um, as an artist um, which is important you know mm. um, um, but yeah it's 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 strange strange how how music translates from one person to the other you know always um, I'm going to ask you two more questions I reckon um, mm-hmm. like the last one will probably be the same one because I want to just drill down into like mm-hmm. what that looks like. But the second, the penultimate one will be um, like, if if you could go back and give um, 2005 Alex, or when did you start around that time? Like you signed your first record, what, 2005, um, 2004? Yeah, I think so. 2005. Fuck. Do you remember when we were sat in that, do you remember when we were sat in that, um, you were down to play bass bin, uh, at Carbon, and we were sat in that room with Rohan. Do you remember that? Do you remember how fucking yeah, that was, a, mate? That was like that was the first weekend that I remember hanging out and writing music, and that must have been two thousand five, two thousand four. And also, the other reason I remember that is because we were staying at my mum's house, and Ed picked you up. Ed Friction picked you up in his yeah. in his convertible Audi, and I remember he pulled up outside my mum's house, and you and he were sat out there listening to music with the top down on the car. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny era uh, that ticks me back yeah <laughs> that was a funny time um, I guess what would you go back and if you could go back and say something to Al from 2005 what would it be um, to slow down a little bit and take a bit more time on everything um, not be so eager um, and that goes from like, you know, the way I wrote, I wrote music or going out and socializing with people, maybe like 
I mean, I think it, it, it was good in hindsight that I was quite like extrovert at, at that age. Like I was, you know, going out a lot and meeting people. But I don't know, man. Like when I think of myself at that age, I just cringe a little bit, you know. Um, I think anyone would. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, um, which, you know, saying this to myself could apply to, you know, upcoming producers is to maybe, you know, focus on your sound and focus on yourself a, a little bit more or like take time to develop, you know, before throwing everything out there. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, like for example, some of my early stuff, I look back, I'm like a bit, ugh, you know. <laughs> it's one of those ones though, where like you can only know yourself now because you did that. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it, I think maybe, if you started to focus on like who you are and what you're about too early, you might not work it. I don't know whether you necessarily know it without learning that lesson that you've learned. Yeah. Um, it's definitely good advice. I think for people to know themselves, I think that's like a good important to like be honest yeah. about who you are and what you're about and to stick, try and stick to that if you can. I mean, I don't know how much that's relevant really, because you know, you, 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 you learn who you are more the, the older you get and that's life, you know, and that's just like whatever it throws at you, you know, like going through hard shit. That's, that's how you build as a person. But it's more like a, a point of like, you know, I was, everyone's super eager. You want to like sign records, you want to do this, you want to do that. And I think, you know, maybe just slowing down a little bit and, you know, like focusing on your craft a little bit. Um, wouldn't hurt because I know some people send me demos and they're like oh I've been making tunes for like you know six months and they're all excited and I'm like you know you could just take a little bit more time you know if you don't feel ready you don't have you know like um, I guess that would be my advice is to, to just, just focus on, on on your craft a little bit um, and and I think maybe I could have done that as well but I don't know if I if the outcome would have been different you know mm. like where I would be at now um, cause I guess everything, yeah, it's like yeah. every, everything that's happening for you now is a result of everything that's gone before. So I kind of feel like looking back that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't change anything, but it would be like subtle advice. Like you said about, for me, it would be like, don't waste your twenties, like be in the moment and yeah. don't be thinking about the next thing. I feel like I wasted loads of my twenties, but, but also like the other thing is to, um, and I guess this is a little extra question that's not really um it's kind of relevant it's like is to i feel like i've sacrificed loads of um potential like i don't know like experiences and relationships and not relationship with with Mm -hmm. partners but like i don't know like my music so overtook me in my 20s and um and that and well yeah all of my 20s that i kind of you know, didn't get to do a lot of stuff. I know that sounds stupid because we've all been to so many amazing oh, yeah. places, but it's like you've like so much has suffered, like f- family relationships and like friendships, yeah. all sorts, just like fall by the wayside. And you you only sort of start to realise a little bit when you're a bit older that how important all that stuff is. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely neglected like relationships and and compromised, you know, a lot of things for my music and. I guess being selfish really in some sense, you know, like being like so um, insular and like just in your own bubble, you know. Um, it's also quite headstrong as well, isn't it? You're like you're really focused on a thing and you just want to get there and so sometimes other things fall mm-hmm. by the wayside as a result. 
yeah, it's just such a demanding sort of thing, like music, and you know, like it, it, it demands so much time and effort, and and you know, and also the way the the the, the model is built, you know, with touring, having to write music to get gigs, and then you know, doing gigs that then affect you writing music. It's it's kind of a mad cycle, really. Mm. Um, and uh, it can be detrimental, I think, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I think like, I do feel like I've definitely, um, kind of lost relationships and, and friendships. Um, when I look back, um, but then, you know, it's, it's again, it's like, would it, you know, would I, would I be where I am if I didn't do that? I, mm. I don't know. Mm. It's really hard to, to gauge. Um, it's funny one. It's a funny one because you because it's just it's difficult because it's just you just you wouldn't have made those sacrifices if it wasn't really really important to you. And I guess that's the like the million pound question. I think is like why is it so important and why do creative people or like people in anything that they give that much energy to? Where does that come from? It's like yeah. I don't really I don't even know why I have it. I've like um, I I I've, I mean that. Like, I've always been creative, like, you know, art when I was younger and just always wanted to create. And I think I'm just scared of living a life or having to live a life that doesn't involve being creative. And I think I'll, that's why I've sacrificed so much, you know. I was like, I want this. Uh, this is, I want to live like this, like, from art, from producing something that makes me happy as much as it, you know, it fucks with my head sometimes. Like, the end result, like, you know, being happy as an artist, like maybe not always, but being able to do this, like, cause you know, life, you have to have a job, like you've got to make money to survive. And like, if I'm going to do that and I can do it by doing my passion, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like whatever happens kind of thing. Mm. That well, that kind of leads nicely into the last question, which I will try and end with, even though we've touched on it. Is like, what does success mm. look like for you? Um, I mean, I was, I, I, I have to think about it in two ways to answer that question, and that would be like personally, and then like success personally as a person, and success like as an artist, or you know, let's say a career. I don't like to call it a career, but you know what I mean, and. I think, like, for me, success as a person, like, now in the age that I am and, you know, from what I've gone through and experiences is, like, you know, being happy within myself, which is, like, a constant struggle. Um, you know, ups and downs, like we previously mentioned, but, like, reaching a level where I'm, like, quite content and happy and, and making other people around me happy and treating people right is, like, the most rewarding thing, I think, I can say at my age now. Um, and, you know, like, kind of evolving and, and learning from mistakes and trying trying to be a better version of myself and, you know, that you can always be better. And... Um, and I have my, you know, my traits, you know, and and I know them and I know my, like, your negative traits and it's like trying to overcome those and, and you know, which is it's not simple. And, you know, um, so, yeah, just trying to be a better person, really, and um, not repeating mistakes and things that I've done in the past that I kind of 
can still dwell on nowadays, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's for me that's a, a success in in being happy and being a, a good person as much as I can be. Um, yeah, uh, there is like a simplicity. There is a simplicity to it, isn't it? When you when it all boils down, it's like success is being fulfilled and happy and content and mm. yeah and and battling and and winning some some of those shitty battles with um i don't know with demons with yourself i guess um yeah yeah difficult. and i mean there's various ways of doing that you know and I've, I've cut out things you know out of my life that and which is hard man like you know like just certain things i've cut out or, or like you know try and cut out and yeah, it's it's a constant battle, man. Um, you know, and and so yeah, as a person, I think that's 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 the true happiness, man. Which is fucking hard to reach. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've ever. <laughs> um, it's a constant battle. Yeah, like every day. But like you said earlier, like you said earlier, with the peaks and troughs of um, of making music, mm. it's the same of life, isn't it? Mm. You can't if you were happy all the time, you wouldn't know any different. You'd just be like, yeah. happy. It's like. It's a contentment thing, isn't it? It's weird. Highs and lows, man. Because mm. you know you wouldn't have the highs without the lows. Like you wouldn't know what a high would be without a low. You know, it's 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 yeah, and it's just how it is. Yeah. And it's like I have this weird. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I try and not straight away focus on fuck. We need to do this with the label, or I need to write this tune, or I just try and wake up and like, appreciate life a little bit in the morning. You know, mm. um, and not like straight away fall into like work mode um but if you would like to talk like sort of success as a career i think like for me the most rewarding again like has been to help have a helping hand in like um you know with someone like monty for example when that's like working with him to now i feel like he's progressed quite a lot and i'd like to say it would be fair to say that we helped helped him out a little bit and with our platform and that's like there's nothing better than that you know seeing him happy um he has his struggles like i do like you do you know like i speak to him you mm. know like everyone goes for it but being able to to treat him well and like give him advice if he needs to or you know like it's just that's kind of like there's nothing better than that i feel like you know like rewarding basically than um helping someone out and seeing the results um, what about like on a personal career level? On a personal career level, because um... I just wonder why. The reason why I think it's an interesting question is because I wonder whether like the ultimate success that you might want for your career is like even compatible with like the ultimate success that you want uh, overall. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I wonder whether like there's when even... I think about it, like what the fuck? When am I going to be like, oh yeah, I've I've succeeded? You know, like mm. I don't know. It's just weird like uh, at what point am I going to be like oh I'm happy as an artist I don't think I'll ever be and if I do if I am then it's probably the time I'll stop I don't know like if I lose the drive or lose the I don't know as an artist it's it's hard to say um but I guess like just staying true to what I do is it's gonna like make me happy I, I know that's that's the one, you know, when I put a record out and I know it's hundred percent me and, and people re- receive it well, that's just kind of the best feeling really. And, and, and nothing beats like, you know, playing a record 
and people in a club when you feel their direct reaction like fuck being on big stages and all that shit if I'm in a small club and I play a record of mine and I can feel it makes people happy and I get that direct connection with people then that's everything to me I think still like there's no better feeling than that that's cool that that's still really important after all that time Um, it's funny, isn't it? It is, it is so addictive. I think all of these things are, are, I think all of the people that I've spoken to and most people who I, who I sort of know and respect are pretty addicted to, um, something, uh, or they have addictive personalities to like mm-hmm. certain things like that adrenaline rush when you play a good tune or that adrenaline rush when you break the back of a tune and suddenly it's all happening. It's all like, they all, they're positive yeah. addictions, I think. Um, I, th- I think like playing a tune out because it covers both it's like because I love you know I'm essentially a DJ well I am a DJ at first that's how I started but like playing your own record in a club is kind of covering both you know what I mean and mm. it's like that's just amazing feeling I think for me anyway wicked alright mate well let's um, it's great to catch up and like we haven't even spoken to you on the phone for fucking ages anyway um that's one good thing of the situation at the moment as well is like spent more time like talking to people that I haven't mm. regularly you know I haven't properly for a while which is good I feel like everything's resetting a little bit at the moment yeah. as much as it's a fucked up situation some good is going to come out of this like I know it you know what I mean yeah um, I think everyone has to stay positive and look at the opportunities that are available to them and not I know, I know I'm aware that it's like we're actually in quite a privileged position where we where like for example I'm a, now I'm in a privileged position where I can sit and learn After Effects and be okay but there's yeah. going to be a lot of people yeah. struggling and I feel like it's mm-hmm. you know it's one of those times where everyone's going to have to try and come together but also see positive and positive things that can come out of it and also opportunities to 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 learn and to to adapt and also for things to change a bit um and not go back yeah. to normal when it- also like in these times if people don't like if you don't feel like making music that's totally fine like i see a lot of people online like you know oh i'm doing all this that if you feel like you're not able to be in creative in this time it's completely normal because i'm finishing an album at the moment but there are days where i'm like it's a weird you know a weird time no, no one's been through this kind of thing and i think if you're not feeling creative then don't beat yourself up about it because you know you don't have to and it's you know it's natural to be feeling weird at the moment you know? yeah definitely um, i think that's like a nice sentiment for us to to end on and um yeah, thank you for taking the time, mate. I know it's taken us a couple of days to get no, it together, but thanks. yeah, it's been good to chat. Yeah, no, it's been great. I hope, like, you know, it, it, you know it's interesting at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, mate, enjoy. Good luck with the with the album, and um, hopefully, we'll catch up again yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, man, take care. It's great to chat to you.